Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture, and these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. Last week, I spoke about facing the brutal facts to adopt a continuous improvement mindset. When we face the brutal facts, we experience a broad array of emotions, and those emotions stem from the type of feedback that we receive. When people are looking at feedback about their work, that is negative or unfriendly, they tend to be defensive and protective. So when thinking about feedback, it's important to focus on the way we give and receive feedback. In general, here are three things to consider about giving and receiving feedback. First, receiving feedback is an emotional experience and receiving feedback helps us improve. Our reaction to feedback is important. We need to be prepared to receive feedback, honoring people who take the time to offer constructive input. The providers of feedback trust that the receiver will be open to the feedback they give. That means receivers need to manage their emotions and feelings as they engage with those giving the feedback. Receivers then take responsibility of their own behavior and well-being. Second, The way we provide feedback makes a difference in how people receive it. Our goal is to provide feedback to change behavior for the right reasons and to sustain that change. Then how best do we provide feedback to get this outcome? When receiving feedback, most people will comply with what we ask them to do, but they aren't necessarily changing their behavior because they see value in the change. So the way we provide feedback makes a difference in how people receive and act on the feedback. And third, when we are assessing other people's performance, it's very difficult to reliably assess someone even when we have a performance guide to go on. What we can assess is how much effort we have to put into a person to support them to achieve the results. Define success, determine solutions, deliver results. Join Studer Education and teams from around the country at our annual leadership conference, What's Right in Education, on July 30th and 31st in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. In this podcast episode, and to set the stage for future episodes focusing on giving and receiving feedback, Let's first focus on the emotional reaction we have to feedback. Today, we'll focus on the emotional experiences attached to receiving feedback. We'll use feedback we receive from survey results to show examples. Survey results help us understand about people's experiences. Their experiences with our services are important. And one way we improve depends on how well we can work through our emotions when viewing survey results to gain insight from others. In August, we'll focus on how we can give feedback using keywords that help the receiver get to a good outcome. Today, we're focusing on the receiver. Our overall goal when using feedback, remember, is to change behaviors to improve and to continue the behaviors that are working. Today, I focus on the emotions that individuals go through 
when they receive feedback. Let's work through this experience together. Remember, our continued focus is on improvement, gaining input so that we know what and how to improve. Let's start with receiving feedback from surveys. So what about survey results help us improve? First, people's experiences are real. Surveys help us tap into how people feel about the services they receive or how they feel about their work environment, for example. We aren't trying to get an exact measure. It's a snapshot in time. We use the survey results to give us information that helps us learn more about people's experiences. The most important thing we can do is review our results, both the numeric values in the comments, by engaging in conversations about what they mean. We miss the greatest opportunities that surveys add if we fail to engage in conversation with others about the, the results, and if we use the results to gather input to create and deploy improvement actions. The most significant thing about surveys, then, is what we do with the input to improve. People tend to give us feedback when we ask them to do so, and we let them know how we've used the survey to change the way we do things. Therefore, when we ask people for feedback, we need to have the right intent in mind. We want solid, constructive information, but at times the giver provides information that is upsetting and sometimes cruel. Our initial reaction is to turn away from the results and not to use them. So let's focus on how to work through useful feedback so that we honor the information that is helpful. And here's what I do when I review survey results. See if this works for you. First, I look at the numeric ratings to see where we stand. If I have comparative results across time, I look to see if we've improved. I note the areas where we've improved and those where we're falling short. I then look at the comments provided to see if I can gather additional insight. If I see a comment that is a generalized statement, such as, your team members are poor communicators, I don't usually attend to it. Rather, I look for more constructive comments and information I can work with. And then if I don't get enough information to help our team understand how to improve, I ask others to provide more. Here's an approach to gain additional input. See how this might work for you. Let's say our lowest scored item is on not communicating when things are working through an approval process. We first start with the positive and ask, if we were communicating how things work through the approval process and we were doing that well, what would we be doing? As they answer, we probe for more understanding. Someone may say, you let us know where things are in the process. I may then ask this question, how do we let you know in a way that is helpful? When we get answers to this question, we know what we need to do more of. We then move to the improvement questions. When we are not communicating how things are working through the approval process, what makes this frustrating for you? Can you give me an example of when this occurs? What actions could we take to improve? Now I'm learning about what's not working and I'm getting recommendations on actions where we can improve. When we get information from people who experience our services, we create a few action items, and only a few, to work on for the next quarter. We communicate to others what actions we are taking, 
so that we know and they know what we're attending to improve and what we are focusing on over the next 90 days. Join Studer Education, our partners and me, at What's Right in Education on July 30th and 31st. Learn with teams from around the country who are deeply engaged in key transformational processes. These are leaders who are creating better cultures, successfully implementing change and unleashing exemplary results. We explore behaviors that erode culture and learn how to shift our collective mindset of continuous improvement. You can learn more at studereducation.com forward slash W-R-I-E. Now, I like surveys because the results can be a useful tool to guide engaged discussions on what's working, what's not working, and why, how someone's experience can help us improve, and what actions we can take to give people better experiences. We use several surveys with our student education team, and with those, we provide services to. So as the leader of our team and my work with partners, I've applied a standard practice of asking for feedback. I want to know how people feel about their experiences with me and our team. For example, with our student education team, we complete an annual employee engagement survey. We share the results, have discussions about those things that are working well and want to continue to do. We also have discussions about the lowest scored areas. We ask why these are the areas of greatest need and what we can do to improve. We then shift the discussion to determining actions we can take as a team, and we follow up to complete an action plan. We take the lowest scoring items we are working on and create a quarterly pulse check survey. We also include items that continue to be meaningful for us to assess. You know, those items might include areas and that we focus on, which are three areas, recognizing people, leaders providing support for team members to grow and develop, and our team feeling like they are working at a good workplace. As important as surveying our employees, our team asks people we serve to give us input on our services. For example, we ask our clients and partners to provide feedback on our professional development sessions. We ask our teacher-ready students to give instructors feedback on the experience with a lesson in the program. If you've ever been on the receiving side of feedback, you know how difficult reading or listening to feedback can be. On our team, we do the difficult work to manage our emotions to receive the feedback to help us improve. So again, receiving feedback is an emotional experience. When we look at numeric feedback, we tend to go straight to the lowest items. When we look at narrative feedback, we focus on the negative comments and we tend to dwell on what's wrong instead of focusing on what people tell us is right. We can learn as much or more from the specific comments that tell us what's working, and we want to do more of that. I've been in situations where I've facilitated leadership development institutes. Let's say our team is doing a training and we have 100 people in the session. We receive feedback from participants. Say I have 70% of the ratings at the highest level and some ratings at the next to the highest level. Then my eyes see five people rated the session with low marks for everything. My initial tendency is to reflect on what I did wrong. I draw the conclusion that I'm, the, I'm that bad, or some people are participating because someone said they have to, or they're just plain mad about something. 
And the last thing they want to do is probably to be in this training session. The negative comments nag at me because I want to know why someone is rating the session so low. I tell myself not to take it personally, yet I do. To do something meaningful with the feedback, I have to work through these feelings. One way to do that is to first focus on the specific positive statements and scores, and then find some constructive feedback that I can use to improve, and realize there are some and usually few people who provide negative feedback never intending to be satisfied. To work through my emotions, I have to realize I can't do anything about changing the behavior of some people, yet I can focus on the 90% of the people who are in the sessions for the right reasons. Here's what I know. People feel a certain way whether or not we ask them to share their experiences or not, and most people have positive experiences and share that with us. They also have a desire to share the right information to help us improve. One way to manage the emotional review of our results is to clearly communicate why we are gathering feedback, what we intend to do with the feedback, and how we'll go about it. So when we are using surveys to learn about people's experiences, here's some steps to follow. Number one, we let people know we want their feedback because we want to improve. Number two, we ask them to rate our services and to share why they rated us that way the positive, and the opportunities for improvement. Number three, we tell people we are going to share the results with our teams and ask if they can provide feedback in a way that our teams can process the information to move to improvements. Four, we let people know that receiving feedback is difficult. We tell them we want them to be honest as well as being professional and kind with their approach. Here's why. Even kind, honest feedback is difficult for people to process. It's an emotional experience, and we have to get through our emotions to get to the improvement side. Here's one last thing to focus on when we ask people for feedback. Let's say we start asking our employees for feedback and we administer a survey to them for the first time. Let's also say the people in the organization have not had a chance to give feedback. When we start, what I find is they feel compelled to give a lot of feedback. In fact, some of the feedback may go back 20 years. And what's my point? When we open ourselves to feedback, which is the right thing to do, it takes time to help people in the organization know why and how to give and receive feedback in a productive way. Giving and receiving feedback requires us to develop new skills. Remember, our goal in receiving feedback is to change behaviors and ways that help us better our work and be our best at work. Today, we focused on the receiver of feedback, and how we as receivers need to manage our emotions so that we can learn about areas working well and those that need improvements. We can learn from people when we engage them in conversations. We know what to do to improve, and we take actionable steps to do so. In August, we'll focus on the giver, talking about how the giver of feedback can use keywords to message feedback in a constructive way and why that's important. But this week, let's do two things as we focus on being the receiver. Think of a time when you received feedback and it didn't feel so good. How did you receive that information? How did you feel? Number two, pick an area of your work and ask some of your colleagues these questions. When we're doing something well, what are we doing? 
When we're not doing something well, what are we not doing? What actions could we take to improve this work? Focus on your emotions as you receive the feedback and then determine how best to work through those emotions to get to the improvement side. There's a lot for all of us to learn on giving and receiving feedback. I'm still learning how to work through my emotions when I receive feedback from others. I think you'll find you will too. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. I look forward to connecting with you on our next episode where we'll focus on building positive relationships in the workplace. Have a great week.